Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zahner. And I'm annoyed with our RSS feed. Yes, it has um, not been eating properly. Yeah. Hey, um, let's get right into it. Big shout out to our friends over at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio, Stitcher.com, Geek Factor Radio, and Radio KSCR. So, um, we have to get something out of the way right now. You probably, if you are not a Patreon subscriber, and statistically speaking, you're probably not... Um, you're probably wondering what happened to episode 322. Something happened to our site. Um, some PHP upgrade suddenly threw a wrench into our RSS feeds. And so even though it was on the site and we posted about it on Facebook, and if you went to the site directly, you could get it. I know most of you don't do that. Right, Most of you have it on iTunes or Google Play, or if you're like me, you use Pocket Cast or any number of different podcatchers. And for some reason, it wouldn't update. Um, as of right now, we're recording this Friday night, and it still doesn't show up on certain podcatchers. Most of them it does now show up on, but certain ones it still doesn't. I don't know why we're working on a fix. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And that upgrade that or quote-unquote upgrade for PHP uh, that they did on our site, really, I mean, it took us down for a little while. We were completely down. Yeah. Um, um, hooray, PHP updates. Yeah, thankfully, Schmitty is like a wizard, and he was able to... He set up, like, some Telnet session years ago that he was able to exploit and get us get back into the site. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was ugly there for a bit. It really was. So, um, chances are good. If this is still a problem, you won't hear this explanation because you're still wondering where episode 322 is. Never mind listening to the explanation on 323. Yeah, I guess we should post about this, shouldn't we? We probably should. I was just thinking you should probably write something and put it out on social media. Because yeah. I get tired of doing all the social media, to be honest. But you're just so much more social than I am. Not really. I, I Social in the sense that I manage to not kill people. Well, that counts. That counts. <laughs> um, well, while we're bringing it up, shout out to our friends Bruce and Zane, our Patreon producers, uh, who did get it Monday morning when, you know, you should be getting it. Yes. Just saying. We have feedback. Oh, sweet. I like feedback. I have no clue who it's from. Oh, really? Really. Um, whoever this is that wrote this in, I appreciate it. I, I love this feedback. But you've set up your email client incorrectly. Uh, where you're supposed to put what your name is, you've put personal. Which means that um, this is you, you wrote to us from your personal email address and not your work one, and I appreciate that. But... Um, yeah, it's problematic. I, I can't see who you are. We don't we don't know who you are, but we still appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't even let me see who this is that... Like, I can't see any of the extra information or whatnot. Can't you, like, zoom and enhance or something? Isn't that what they do on CSI? Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> Computer, I need to know who this, who this email is from. Zoom and enhance. Um... I was actually able to pull an email address, but it doesn't really say much. Uh, anyway, they say, uh, hey there, just a couple clarifications. One, most pacemakers are implanted just under the skin, in the armpit, or just below the collarbone, not deep in the chest cavity, mostly because you need to charge the battery eventually. There are wires from that, that, contr from that control unit down into the cavity and onto the heart muscle. No open heart chest cracking needed unless a bypass procedure is part of the deal. I did not know that. I did not either. Two, pacemakers don't keep the heart beating by themselves. Instead, they spur the heart if it begins to beat too slowly or if it gets a little irregular. If a unit were compromised, the patient would likely feel the effects fairly quickly and probably get to the doctor. If the unit couldn't be reprogrammed, it would just be replaced in short order. It would be a hassle, but not a potential kill switch 
Insulin pumps, on the other hand, could be, as that stuff can put you down in a hurry. That is true. That is nothing against any of the other people who have ever written us. That's some of the most enlightening and educational feedback I think we've ever received. It is. Now, I would think, though, because I understand and I know that the pacemaker just kind of helps... It kicks. It kicks the heart if it if it starts to starts to lag a little bit. See, and I didn't know that. I didn't realize that a pacemaker is actually monitoring your heart and trying to keep rhythm in an intelligent manner. Yeah. I always thought it was kind of almost like a metronome, like it was just going all the time, telling your heart when to beep. beep no, beat. when to beep. Yeah. Uh, the, no, that's the sound of the machine that's hooked up to you. Uh, and then when it stops beeping, uh, goodbye. But I would think if if you were able to hack that and, you know, tell it beat really, really fast, so it's constantly, like, almost forcing a heart attack. Mm, yeah, okay. I, I would think. I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm just... Uh, whoever, that, that's my logic. Whoever wrote this feedback, I feel, probably knows more about this medical equipment than we do. I would agree. Especially since we're not doctors. I'll pretend to be one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I really appreciate this feedback. It's really, really cool. And I kind of like that thought. If there is something wrong with it, they're going to notice. They're going to go into the doctor, and the doctor can reprogram it. And if they can't reprogram it because it is just under the skin, just swap it for a new one. Yeah. Huh. Almost like doctors thought of this. Almost. Almost. Yeah, insulin pumps would be bad too. Yeah, that I could I hadn't even thought about that, but if they have the security issues that the that the pacemakers have, yeah, that could be bad news. Just telling you. RFID blocking vests. That's all we need to wear all the time. All the time. You will notice that when you put your cell phone in the pocket of one of those vests, you don't get many calls. You never get a call. Yeah, just just a thought. Um, Faraday cage would work as well. Just, just an umbrella like that. Hey, um, if you have feedback for us or want to call us out on something we get wrong, we welcome it. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. We will read your email or your message or play your voicemail on the line. Because that's what we do. 801-917-GEEK. And yeah, thank you for that feedback again. I don't know who you are, but thank you. That's all. Uh, that's awesome. That, I love it when our listeners who know something about something chime in. What I want to know is when is it eventually going to get to the point that the, the pacemaker is like a Fitbit brand pacemaker. And so it doesn't need to have a heartbeat tracker on your wrist because it is the freaking heartbeat. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm just saying, it wouldn't take much then for your fitness tracker to say, "Oh, this is your actual heartbeat, and this is your blood pressure right now." And I can tell because I'm the freaking one running your heart. <laughs> Maybe the calories burned would be accurate. I'm, I'm just saying, it, it's going to happen eventually. It probably will. Mm-hmm. It probably will. And we were talking about this earlier, the, the way before we started recording, um, not like earlier in the show, you didn't miss anything, listener, but just how accessible this technology is becoming, mm-hmm. how, how easy it is to get this technology, how, you know, it's just, it's really cool. What, what a time to be alive. That's cheesy, but accurate. It is. It is yeah. cheesy, and it is accurate. Very much so. All right, <laughs> into our show. Now, I got to tell you right now, Zoner has been just slammed at work. Uh, I've been getting ready. I'm a scoutmaster. I'm an assistant scoutmaster, in case anyone didn't know. So I've been slammed getting ready for camp. Um and it's been kind of a weird all over the week, all over the place week. We had E3. Uh, we had some more things come out from Apple. I, I shouldn't say that. More details emerge from Apple announcements from last week. But it's just kind of all over the place. And some, it really is. It was and we've kind had of some a really weird week. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. And I think 
Amazon is probably the most schizophrenic thing on this list. Do we want to start there? That was so weird. So weird. Just like this. Okay. So this morning I wake up and I'm looking through Twitter and I see something saying that Amazon is buying whole foods like the grocery store. And you're thinking, well, sure. I mean, a lot of people buy whole foods. They they have some really great pre-made meals. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) my favorite was the tweet that you sent me, uh, Bezos. Alexa, buy me something from Whole Foods. Alexa, buying Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah. I, is that how this went down? Because I, I totally understand why Amazon is buying Whole Foods. Um, they are, I, I think it's interesting. They're paying $13.7 billion for it, which is about, uh, what was it, 25%, 27% above Thursday's closing price. Mm-hmm. So they uh, shares closed Thursday afternoon at thirty three oh six, and Amazon offered forty two per share, uh, which comes out to around fourteen billion dollars. Yeah, almost fourteen billion. Now, you might be forgiven for wondering what the crap Amazon. What on earth are you going to do with that? But then you got to remember. Do you remember that self checkout uh, grocery store that they had that was on the Amazon campus? It was only available to Amazon um, employees. Is that the one up in Seattle? I thought that was available to the public. I didn't know it was just employee only. Last I heard, it was only employees. Maybe they changed that, but I, I haven't followed it very closely. But yeah, the idea that you pick up different items and walk out of the store. Yeah. Well, guess what? Amazon isn't going to build new grocery stores to implement this technology. So how on earth were they going to use it? Well, I guess now we know, don't we? Yeah, and that's why I say this makes perfect sense in my mind. As I, Well, you stop and you think, how many items that you would normally buy at the grocery store do you buy from Amazon now? I personally buy a lot with their subscribe and save, and they've got Amazon Pantry and a few other things. They're sending out groceries. They're doing this. And you look at Whole Foods, and they have an option uh, for one-hour delivery through, uh, what is it? I can't remember the service that they use. Uh, But they've got Instacart. Instacart. So you can go to to Whole Foods. You can order your food and have it delivered to you in an hour. Amazon has been working on Amazon Fresh uh, up in Washington since 2007 mm-hmm. and it's since spread to a few other places it's the next logical step to go everywhere and if you've already got the building there if you've got the inventory there amazon fresh now delivers whole food organic high quality products I mean, so you're you're thinking that they're going to turn these whole foods um stores i can't say whole foods I understand that that is grammatically correct because the name is Whole Food. No, the name is Whole Foods, isn't it? It's Whole Foods. So in this case, it would be Whole Foods. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so you're thinking that they're going to turn each Whole Foods store into almost kind of their local distribution center? For For foodstuffs. Yeah. That's kind of genius. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. And the interesting thing is... Whole Foods is still going to be its own its own thing. They're keeping the CEO. They're keep. I mean, see, and this kind of makes me worry though. And I and, and I'm making light of this. Um, Schmitty would be very upset with me if if he was here. But when I order things on Amazon, uh, oftentimes it's a disgruntled UPS driver who just throws things up on my doorstep and then yep. walks off. Yep. Even when I'm home. <laughs> Yep. I'm in the in the front room looking at the window watching him and he's looking straight at me and he throws it at my front door and walks off. Yep. I It's one thing when it's like a new mouse or keyboard. It's a totally different thing when it's a potato salad or eggs. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that with eggs. I'm just saying. Um this is just a really interesting buy. I wonder how this is going to turn out. Yeah, I could be totally wrong, but seeing what 
they want to do with the grocery stores up in Seattle with the with the checkout free shopping experience, the way they've got Amazon Fresh, the way that Whole Foods already has something similar to Amazon Fresh that's delivered in an hour. I just I think it makes perfect sense, and I can really see them expanding this. So can I, so can I tell you something? I've I've been meaning to write this in an article, you know, like a million other things, and I just haven't gotten around to it. That's like your trope. I know that that's my that's my catchphrase. We'll, we'll fix it in post production. I mean to write this in an article, right? I, I live in uh, specifically. I live in Utah, specifically Utah County. Okay, and down here we have a chain of grocery stores called Macy's which you would be forgiven for confusing with the Macy's department store. They're totally different. This is M-A-C-E-Y apostrophe S instead of M-A-C-Y. And M-A-C-Y department store is all out of business, so there's no confusion anymore. Good point. And um, <laughs> they're, they started as kind of the local, you know, associated foods kind of thing, the generic white label foods only, and they've, they've grown quite a bit. And they've just launched a new product. Which reminds me kind of of this, but it's only for their stores right now. They're trying to get it to other associated food stores and other chains because it is platform agnostic. It is store agnostic, but right now they're the only store that's bought into it. It's called Skip. You install the app on your phone and you just walk through the store with your phone and this app. And as you put things into your cart, you simply scan them with the barcode scanner, and it's the fastest thing I've ever seen. You put in your quantity, and it just keeps a running total. When you're ready to check out, you say, okay, I'm ready to check out. You go to the skip line, or there's a cashier there who just scans three random, three to five random items in the cart just to make sure that, yep, this cart does line up with what's here, and then you just walk out. That's cool. That's really cool. It stores your loyalty card information. It stores your payment information. So it takes care of all that. It can do produce. It can do any of those other things. And what's really awesome is the fact that you can make your own grocery list in it. Oh, nice. And as you do your grocery list, you can tell it to sort your grocery list by location in the store. Oh, sweet. That is amazing. That and is as, amazing. And as you check things off, as you scan things into your cart, it marks them off the list. You know, that should be your favorite for the week, because that's awesome. That's almost my favorite, and I've never used it. I, I think I'm the only one in the county using it, honestly. Well, um, Utah County, although they say there's a lot of tech people down there, there's a lot of weird people that are, like, old and, like adverse to technology it's true it's absolutely true the reason i bring this up is because we've we've talked a lot about different retailers retailers trying to do like their own payment schemes like walmart has theirs um walgreens had their currency thing that they tried for a while it failed yeah and i think that in the end it's going to be either one or the other, or maybe a combination of both things like this skip app that I just described or Amazon's implementation, not just through whole foods, it would have to be wider spread, but this idea of scanning things as we go and walking out. Yeah. So I, I'm interested to see how this expands. I really think it has a future, but there's going to be massive pushback well, no, maybe not. There may be slow adoption rates in some areas. I don't think you're going to see much pushback, though. Right, because if you don't have to hire a mouth-breathing teenager to scan, to check groceries at a 24-hour market, you're not going to. If you can just have a computer that does that for you. Exactly. That's a good point. So, that took longer than I expected. But that's cool news, though. I, you know, I'm kind of excited for that. I, I really am kind of excited for that because that's, I, I get excited with the stuff that Amazon's doing because Amazon is actually quite innovative. It is. Um, and for a bookstore, <laughs> for for what started off as an online bookstore, right? 
is especially innovative. It's, I, it's I just, amazing. I just wish they could make better friends with all the other. Like it's you still can't get the Amazon App Store from Google Play. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I really wish they could make better friends with the other tech giants. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's it's still pretty cool the stuff that they're doing. Uh, let's go into some other awesome news. Firefox. Okay. We've t- lamented in the past how Firefox was once the go-to browser and has since gone by the wayside, like absolutely turned into a freaking anchor. So yep. slow on computers. Yep. Bloated, slow, um, memory lacking leaks. features, memory leaks, like crazy. And yet people who like Firefox are still like just bound to it. And not even like the same way that Google fans are or Apple fans are because Apple fans are, well, it just works for me. I like the way it works. And Google fans are all, look at all the stuff you can do. And Firefox fans were, well, it used to be really good. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're right, but well, it's going to be good again because they've just released a new version that actually makes use of multiple processing cores. That doesn't make a lot of sense if you're not a programmer, but bear with me. So tabbed browsing, right, which everyone attributes to Chrome, but really Chrome was not the first browser to have it. It wasn't it was even Firefox, the first. Firefox, wasn't it? It was or Firefox, was it Opera? Yeah. Um, You know, it might be one of the, I don't remember, actually. Now that Firefox it had it very early on, though. Yes, it did. It did. Um, and Netscape Navigator actually had it. Oh, before man, others. That's, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. But the problem was is that the entire browser shell was using a single process all the yeah. time. So if one tab was slowing things down, all tabs were slowing down. Chrome was one of the first to help silo each tab into its own memory space, memory space and processing space. So what happened in one tab wouldn't affect the other tabs. Uh, this is a technology that it has since mastered. Edge has it. Safari has it. Opera has it. Everyone had it except Firefox, which is just bizarre. Now they have it. Which is nice. And people are already seeing incredible gains in memory uh, efficiency and in browser speed. I would like to see this as kind of the return you know, I I like when browsers are competitive. A competitive. I I like the competitiveness in the marketplace because it drives innovation and it drives quality. It really does. And for a long time it's just been Chrome. Now we've got Microsoft Edge, you know, and there are people out there that'll say some variant of some browser that somebody made in their basement while they were drunk on moonshine or something. I use Paranoid Chromium 64 Canary Build. Yeah. You know, like you're like you're a freaking browser hipster or something. Yeah, it's like what the hell is that? I mean, it's Chrome with features. I don't know, but yeah, I think that. I, I think that it's nice that, you know, we're starting to see browser wars again because Chrome has just been so dominant. And to be honest, I think Chrome has gotten complacent because of it. It really has. It's become quite bloated. It's become quite a pain, but it it's still such a powerhouse that most sites are only built for it. And then you occasionally come across something built for IE6. Well, yeah, most of us don't go to MySpace anymore. Oh, is that still a thing? Um, well, so for instance, like Arlo, my favorite from a couple weeks back, right? The personal cameras that I have around uh-huh. my house. Yeah. The website uses Flash, which by default is blocked on Microsoft Edge because yeah. it's a huge memory hog and security leak. And we've been talking about for years how everyone's trying to get rid of it. Uh-huh. And so if you go to it... In favor of HTML5. Right. So if you go to it, it says, sorry, you have to use a more modern browser that supports Flash. And it's like, what? Were you built, like, five years ago? 
But the truth is, is that it figures, okay, well, Chrome can use this, so that's all we're going to worry about. Yeah. That's interesting. And I see this a lot, because I only use Edge now on all my computers. Okay. And I see this a lot. I actually have switched on my phone from the Chrome mobile browser to the Samsung stock browser. You like that one? I've heard it's pretty good. It's pretty slick. It's pretty slick. I I was not a fan of Chrome on mobile. And everyone says, well, Firefox on mobile. And on on mobile devices, there's a lot of different options out there. Not so much on a PC. No. Unless you want to be browser hipster. So that's cool. That's cool. Hopefully Firefox can get their crap together and and start making things fun again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's entirely possible I would switch over to Firefox at some point if they got... if And they may have it already, uh, but if they got uh, user profiles like Chrome has... It's entirely possible I would switch back. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. I have never been one for just one browser. I've used all sorts of different ones over the years. It'll be kind of fun to see if it comes back. I use what works. Um, Let's go into HTC. This This is surprising. This should be fast. Is this the U11? Yeah, I guess it is. The U11. I got to be honest. Is this their new flagship? I don't know anything about this. This has been completely under my radar. Yeah. And and that's kind of... Uh, I don't want to say on purpose. Just kind of expected. Well, the HTC... What was it? M... 10? M9. And the HTC 10. I mean, we talked about on this show... They, were, they weren't bad phones... But they weren't really great phones either. The M7 and the M8 were pretty pretty solid devices that got a lot of lot of good publicity. And then the M9 and the 10 just kind of came out and existed. And HTC's been hemorrhaging money like crazy, partly in response to poor sales. But now they've come out with the U11, which came out, what, two weeks ago, I think? Yeah, um, and it's already outsold the the 10 and the M9. Which is amazing. What's funny is I'm, I'm going over it here, and I'm trying to find what information I can, and it's actually really hard to find. It seems like it's not a great phone in terms of specs, but it just hits that perfect price point to performance. And then it, on top of it, it has one of the best mobile cameras of any phone out right now. So it's not to say necessarily that it's HTC's flagship, but it, let's let's put it this way. Um, Toyota had a car called the Cressida. Okay. It was what would eventually become uh, the Lexus. Okay. Okay. And it was an incredible car. Top level everything. Um, I remember driving one. Uh, when I first got my license back in the mid nineties, right, and even then it was like ten years old, but it just oozed class. It was incredible. It was gorgeous. It was top of the line everything. But Toyota didn't make their billions on the Cressida. It made it on the Corolla. The Corolla yeah. was the number one selling car in the U.S. for like I don't know fifty years. Forever. Yeah. And that's because the Corolla was a solid, well-built, what-you-needed-and-nothing-more car for a decent price. That came in multiple colors. Right. And I think that's what kind of what the HTC U11 is. It's the Corolla. <laughs> it's the Corolla of smartphones. Yeah. Which, hey, you know what? People need. That's what Nokia was trying to be with the Lumia phones and, and yeah. just couldn't pull it off. So, good job, HTC. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. That just came out of nowhere for me. I, just, I really expected them to get bought up. We actually, we actually predicted that, I think. I don't know if they're at that point yet, but 
they're getting, I, I think they were close there for a bit. And who knows? Maybe we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll happen. Maybe. Um, but yeah, good job there. Uh, in other fun news, Microsoft has decided to revamp their update schedule to include older operating systems, specifically to keep the NSA in check. Yeah, WikiLeaks came out and announced that there's some more CIA stuff out there. Uh, more CIA hacking tools. But thankfully, Microsoft is on top of things and now, trying to protect their users. What's funny about this to me is, do you remember where the largest majority of, and I, I realized I was redundant, but where the majority of Windows XP users in the world are currently located? Are they in Russia? They're is in China. China, that's right. I knew it was somewhere that had a lot of piracy. Right. And a lot of these NSA tools target Windows XP. Uh-huh. And now Microsoft has said that they're going to continue patching these things for Windows XP just to thwart the NSA. Does that mean Microsoft is helping the Chinese? I hadn't thought of it that way, but I'm sure some attorney at the Department of Justice has. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, I appreciate Microsoft going the extra distance, but it makes no never mind to me or anyone I know. I don't yeah. think I know a single person who still has XP. Even my in-laws don't. I'm trying to think. Don't hurt yourself. I think my mom may still have a computer that's running XP. Does she use it? I don't know. Or is it like most people, most older people now who still have the family computer, even though they're empty nesters and have been for years, the family computer that runs Windows XP is back in the home office, turned powered off and in a curio and hasn't been turned on in three years. And they just use their tablet or their laptop. It may be Vista that she's running. It's, it's old. That's all I know. It's old. It, It might be Vista. Let's continue on the Microsoft front, shall we? Yes, let's. Because they announced, or rather gave official details to Project Scorpio. This was the Xbox successor, not successor, just refresh, but really new, but not thing. (laughs) That works. That was so clear, like mud. Yeah, totally. It is called the Xbox One X. It is a supercomputing beast of a machine. I don't like the naming convention. I hate the naming convention. We got from Xbox to Xbox 360. Okay, next one, Xbox 720. No, Xbox One. Okay, so maybe Xbox One will be followed by Xbox Two. No, Xbox One X, which in Roman numerals is 10, so Xbox 110. Well, remember, it was Xbox One S first, and now Xbox One X. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's... They're drunk. They're They're drunk. They don't know what they're doing with their names. Yeah. Um, Size-wise, it's about the same size as the Xbox One S. So it doesn't gain anything in terms of size. Um, However... What it does run is native 4K resolution and 60 frames a second with HDR gaming on all titles. I, In order to do that, it requires just an insane amount of hardware updates. In fact, it is now touted as the most powerful console system on the planet. Which I can understand. They they say that it's got a custom GPU engine that runs at 1172 megahertz. Which the Xbox One ran at 853. So that's a huge jump. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a liquid-cooled vapor chamber to keep it nice and cool. Or at least cooler. Uh, it will upscale existing 720 and 1080 Xbox games up to 4K, and it will be backwards compatible, according to the press release I saw, with all Xbox 360 games. That's cool. 
So not just the ones that are, have been made backwards compatible. Because it's so powerful, it can actually run an emulator in the native memory space. That is, that is insane. Yeah. Uh, it should launch uh, November 7th for about $500, which is just in time for the Christmas season. Um, oh, wait. I just saw this. Oh, no. No, no. It's not just Xbox 360 games. It's also Xbox games. Oh. They're starting with Crimson Skies, which was one of my favorite Xbox games. That was a good game, man. Th- that was an awesome game. Sweet. Well, I know what I'm getting. Um, it will have, I want to say, up to one terabyte of storage at first. They are going to be releasing a two terabyte model, which is what I'm kind of holding out for. And if you're wondering, okay, what does it actually mean to game in 4K? What does all that mean? Well, then you need to check out this other link because Microsoft has also announced this is going to sound like who cares news. But trust me, if you play Minecraft, it's huge news. They're unifying the platform. So starting very soon, if you play on Xbox, Windows 10, or mobile, you it, it'll be cross-platform. So it's going to be all the same. All the same. Same backend, same system, same texture packs. Uh, You can uh, play with your friend and you're on your PC and the other person's on the Xbox and another person's on their handheld. Uh, They're working on getting the PlayStation version into it, but they're trying to get Sony on board. It unfortunately will not work with the existing Java-based client. Okay, well, that doesn't really explain the whole Xbox One X. Well, there's a great article on Engadget that talks about how Microsoft will be releasing a free super-duper graphics pack and update it to 4K. At which case, at which point, this doesn't look like Minecraft anymore. No, it really doesn't. And, you know, one of the things about Minecraft is the look, the blocky textures. I mean, so... If Minecraft doesn't look like Minecraft, is it still Minecraft? I don't care. This is freaking gorgeous. Yeah, I haven't played much Minecraft for a while. My seven-year-old is constantly asking me, Dad, why do you always play Stardew Valley or Fallout or whatever else you play instead of Minecraft? Why don't you play Minecraft? Just kind of tired of Minecraft. I'm kind of over it for a while. Yeah. So this this could bring me back. I, I, um... My Minecraft server will melt to slag under this. I just know it. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. So, uh, good job there, Microsoft. Also, um, the original Xbox controller, the Duke, as it was called, the thing that you could actually kill a person with. Like, it was like a, a kettle weight. Uh-huh. Like if you ever if you've ever gone to a gym, you know what a kettle weight is. That's what the original controller was like. It's coming okay. back. Okay. Um, Hyperkin, which is one of those third party uh, accessory manufacturers, is going to be bringing back the original Xbox controller, only redone for Windows 10 and Xbox One. Now, my first thought when I saw that you, is is which. Which one is it going to be? Is it going to be like the one that you could actually hold? Or is it going to be the one that's like the size of your face? It'll be the one that's the size of your face. That's that's the uh, that's the Duke. Oh, is that? Okay. I, I'm not an Xbox guy. I mean, I play Xbox more than any other console, but I've never actually owned one. Now, the reason why the Duke was so hated was because it was the size of a freaking grizzly bear. Like, I, I mean... Zoner isn't joking. It was the size of your face. It was kind of like palming a basketball. Yeah, and we know that I've got these tiny little Trump hands. Right. But not everyone does. Dr. Squishy has hated Xbox controllers ever since they came out with the slim ones because his hands are huge. Well, you shake his hand. It's like grabbing a bunch of bananas. My favorite was the Logitech wireless controller, 
back when the original Xbox did not have wireless controllers, I had to go out and buy the Logitech one. And I still have it because it is the most comfortable. Nope, not that one. Not this one? Not, not the that F710? One. That, that's a PlayStation knockoff. What are you even talking about, man? Go home. You're drunk. Yes, look at it. That's a DualShock controller. Oh, it is. <sighs> and a Logitech hasn't updated it for years. This is actually... I actually use this. This is... I, I use an Afterglow, um, which is an Xbox controller. Yeah. Um, now, the Xbox One has been a incredible update to the original controller. It really has. It's done a good job, but it still doesn't meet everyone's needs. So this more controllers on the market are only a good thing. Yeah, I agree. There, I just gave you a link to to what the original one that I had, and it was the most comfortable controller I'd ever held. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Okay, so what else? Uh any more Xbox stuff? Any more Microsoft stuff? Um the Surface Pro launched yesterday. And you got it. I got mine. And I have Surface Pro Envy. It's it's freaking awesome. But to combat it, Apple um, is launching has launched the 10.5 inch iPad Pro. Okay. Good for them. <laughs> There's an Ars Technica review which we link here, which points out some uncomfortable truths about it. Um. It's a great refresh. It's a perfect size. The hardware is on point. There's more RAM. It has an awesome screen. Much better keyboard. And it's all good. It's all good. Nice camera. Well, it's Apple. It has a great camera. It just can't make use of any of this. Not until iOS 11 comes out. Yeah. And herein is the problem. This is what... Uh, this is what the iPad has done to itself. If you want a device to play a quick little game and consume some media, well, guess what? There's a $100 Android tablet with your name on it. It's not great. You know, it's not wonderful, but it'll get the job done. And if you break it, you don't feel horrible. And you get what you pay for. Right. Or if you want some more, there's a $250 Android tablet that's a lot better. Yes. Oh, but you don't want just something to watch a YouTube video and hand to your five-year-old to get them to shut up? Well, then, you you want to do actual work on a tablet? Well, then there's the Surface that runs an actual desktop OS and can run all the programs you're used to starting at around 600 to $700, right? There's that jump. Yeah. And the iPad Pro is trying to navigate this funny spot in between. It's not a desktop OS. It isn't an actual production machine. But it's so much nicer, and dare I say, more, than just the cheap thing you hand to your kid when they're bored. Oh, yeah. And you know, that that was one thing a lot of people complained when the Surface was first announced. You might remember we talking about us talking about this. Mm-hmm. is people were saying, oh, well, you know, this is $800 for a tablet, $900 for a tablet. It's not just a tablet. Right. No, it's $900 for a freaking PC in the size of a magic screen. Yeah. You know? Now, to its credit, the base model iPad now launches at $329, which I think is the lowest it's ever started at. And that's not a horrible price for everything the iPad is iPads are built well. Always have been. Even when they were built like a brick, they were built well. And really the only problem with them is the forced obsolescence. Uh, Yeah, and the fact that the OS was so obviously meant for a smaller screen. Yeah, that is true. You know, I... Apple, hopefully within the next year will figure out a way to get an entire Mac OS experience into iOS. They've already done it by trying to combine parts of the kernels, right? Parts of the kernel are the same across both platforms. It's just the shell that's different. Uh-huh. 
hopefully they catch on, though, that they really need to be the same. In order to put the pro name on this, they will figure it out. I hope. Because, again, as long as there's competition in the market, everyone gets better. Yes. That's like a theme for our show tonight. I know, right? I'll tell you what I really want. I want this as much as we like to rag on Apple. I want this more than anything. I want the next iPad to come out and absolutely clean house with all those cheap, crappy Android tablets. I want it to be like just the most ultimate 7-inch tablet for $150 that is waterproof, with a beautiful screen, with, you know, every feature under the sun for such a price point that it forces either all those cheap Chinese-built, which I won't be racist again, but you know what I'm talking about, Android tablets that you can buy for like 50 bucks. it either forces them to up their game or it forces them out of the market entirely. Yeah. Oh, I, I would love that. I think that would be so awesome. And that would, I, I would love to see them put pressure on, on manufacturers like Asus and Google. Well, Google doesn't really do their own. LG, maybe, whoever Google contracts for their next tablet. Um, Samsung and and even Windows with their with the or, Surface or, Pro or Amazon with the Fire tablets with the yeah and just completely push them to the limits and say we are going to own you until you step up your game. I would love to see that because I want a good quality Android tablet and there's right. not a lot of options out there right now. And it used to be, I mean when everyone was struggling because the iPad came onto the market and no one had an answer for it, it used to be that everyone was struggling to keep up. Well, guess what? They figured out how to keep up. And we all yeah. got bored with it. Yeah. And now we're left with this. So. Yeah, it's, it's true. I love it, though. Come on, Apple. Come on. So, um, Uber. <laughs> It just, we've talked a lot about Uber, and it almost feels like we're piling on again, but dang, dude. Their CEO is stepping down indefinitely. Something about his mom dying, and oh yeah, they stole the medical records to someone who was suing them, and then published them, and yeah, there was that too, but probably because of his mom dying. (laughs) I, I... I, I don't even know what to think about about Uber at this point. I mean... You ever sit there and look at someone and go, how did you ever get to this point? Like, not how did you get to this point of doing things wrong, but how were you ever given the chance to get this far? Yeah, and, you know, with the Uber, I actually made the comment to a coworker of mine today. I think that up to this point, they've been successful... And you can define success however you want. They have a, they have a lot of business. They hemorrhage money like crazy. You know, is that success? Whatever investors seem to think so. But the way that they have done things, they have been successful almost in spite of themselves. It, it's almost like the entire culture at that company is designed to completely fail at everything and just be nothing but horrible. Yet, there they are, being successful. And I think it's finally starting to catch up to them. It feels like a very coffees for closers kind of culture. Yes. Yes. That it, yes. Yeah, I I agree. The, the douchey salesman, yep. And I think I saw something the other day that um, they are now with with Travis. Is it Kalanick? Is that his last name? Who knows? I can't remember. With with CEO douchebag stepping down, um, they are now being run by a committee of fourteen individuals. Well, that'll only help. I'm sure that's. You know what they should do? They should get two CEOs. They should, because that worked really well for BlackBerry. Right? 
But, yeah, they just, I don't know, man. They got some issues there. They got some issues. Massive issues. Um, Speaking of massive, how about your cable TV bill? Now, you don't have cable, do you? you, um, you I, cut- I do, but the very, very, very basic stuff. Oh, okay. And see, I cut I cut the cable. Schmitty cut the cable. Uh, I was talking to guys at work when I saw this article. TiVo recently did a study, a survey, and they found that 80% of people are canceling their cable bills or canceling their cable service because the bill is just too high. Um, a lot of people are paying 100 bucks a month, if not more. Um, I asked... I. I I asked two guys that I work closest with. One of them has cable, but it's bundled through Comcast with his internet. He pays about a hundred bucks a month. The other one says I refuse to pay for it. What they offer you for the price that they charge is not worth it, which I think is a very um, popular opinion. And this survey done by TiVo seems to confirm that. You know what cable companies should do? They won't. They will not do it, but they should start to scale back their cable TV operations and instead invest in fiber and then say, hey, Zoner, we noticed that you weren't really happy paying us $150 a month for cable TV. Instead, we would like to offer you for $120 a month. Uh, one gig up, one gig down internet, fiber internet, and access to 80 digital channels over IP, meaning that every smart TV, uh, tablet, computer with our app on it could access the channels and certain exclusives, like, say, the Olympics, on demand. Yeah, you're right. That makes too much sense. They'll never go for it. But you know what I'm saying? Look, hey, you're yeah. making almost as much. You're increasing the infrastructure, which means you could get a federal grant for it. And producing the same amount of stuff just over digital delivery. People would eat that up. Because, hey, gig internet. That is tempting. You'd do that, right? I it, I would have to I would have to seriously consider it. Just that, saying. That does make a lot of sense, though. But the problem is they're so tied into their archaic methods, they're really struggling to adapt. And Their archaic methods will eventually give out. They're going to have to give up on them sometime. They are giving out. I mean, we're seeing the highest numbers of people deserting cable television that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it's only getting worse. I mean, they are they are dying. It is a dying industry. Kind of like Yahoo. <laughs> is Yahoo dead now? I, I haven't even so. gone to Yahoo's website since this came out. Per- Verizon purchased Yahoo. We had been talking about it. We we knew this was coming, but it's been finalized. It's done. It's a done deal. Marissa Myers has stepped down. Um, I can't even bring myself to care. And trust me, I've tried. Yeah, I really don't care either. So I just pulled up Yahoo's search page. It's still Yahoo. Um, they haven't rebranded it yet. And I look at the stuff that's trending now. North Korea is number two. Um, everything else I couldn't give a crap about. I don't even know what some of these things are. Good job, Yahoo. Um, I think I'm old. Uh, our last headline it's not actually our last but it's gonna be the last one we bring up um if if, go ahead and check out our show notes i think there's like two others that we're not bringing up but someone is trying to make a new galaxy s8 case okay so what oh this one covers the bixby button i want this so badly are you hating that Bixby button? I hit the Bixby button all the time because it is strategically positioned under the volume rocker. 
So uh-huh. when I go to hit the volume down, I oftentimes hit the Bixby button. Or, for some strange reason, because evidently my brain is broken, I go to turn my phone on and I hit the Bixby button instead. Or I just go to pick up the phone and because it's located about the midpoint on my phone, I hit the Bixby button. Bixby is currently useless. Just not enough features have been released for it. And that's not coming down on it, because at the moment, my Google Assistant is also worthless. Google Assistant has not worked on my phone for weeks. Really? Yeah. I occasionally get an upcoming meeting. I don't get shipping confirmations anymore. I don't get travel confirmations. I actually hadn't noticed that, but I think you're right. Yeah, my, my it's been the same with my wife's as well. Different phone, but it's just not working. And so the fact that Bixby isn't working either, I can forgive. Because at the moment, nothing seems to be working except for my Cortana. That one's working great. But having a hardware button permanently mapped that I can't change has been pissing me off to no end. It wouldn't piss me off if it weren't for the fact that it's worthless at the moment. You know, I just I just went to Reddit, uh, the Google sub, and right here, um, submitted 10 hours ago, is Google Assistant acting weird for anyone else? So I think Google Assistant might be having issues. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, especially because, um, yeah, yeah, uh, when it, when it was last giving me shipping information, it was telling me something would ship like July fifth, and I had just received it. Oh, really? Yeah, it it was really bad. Into our favorites this week. Mine is from Wonder Woman. Kind of, it's the music. I love following music, the story behind music. Um, thematic elements in music soundtracks especially I, I used to annoy my family to no end because we'd be in a theater and i'd be listening to the music instead of the movie and i'd be like oh yeah they pulled that part from this other movie or this is meant to evoke this other thing from a previous one or because you know this is the joel schumacher batman so he didn't want to pull the tim burton soundtrack but he's still pulling elements here and there and there and there um, I wasn't trained for it. I'm not the best at it, but I'm really good at it. Well, there's this great YouTube video uh, that breaks down why Wonder Woman's theme is so epic. And it talks about her progression. Uh, when you see her in Batman v Superman, you just have that really hardcore theme. And everyone loved it. It was like the highlight musically of that movie it was probably the highlight of the entire movie if we're being honest um (laughs) wonder woman was the highlight of that movie i don't know batman's warehouse scene was still pretty good true well he brings up how in the new movie you don't hear that theme until like an hour and 40 minutes into the movie Uh when she starts taking out german soldiers and fully embraces her superhero uh, abilities And even then, it's still slightly different. Um, It's just a really cool, quick little video that talks about the background behind it and the chord progression, why it was used that way. They bring up a migrant song, which is used in everywhere, that kind of dissonant chord progression that opens Uh off just to kind of set up tension and immediately resolve it. It's, It's just really, really, really cool. Check it out. I actually, that is one of my favorite theme songs, uh, I gotta say. I love that Wonder Woman theme song. Uh, my favorite this week, though, is a Funko Pop that was announced a few days ago. Uh, if you have been really anywhere in the last couple of years, you've noticed uh, The Joy of Painting, starring Bob Ross, has enjoyed quite a resurgence. It's on Netflix now. Uh, I've introduced my kids to it. I love Bob Ross. I've watched him for years. But Funko has announced that they're they're coming out in August with a pop figure. Uh, Those are, what, the little 6-inch, 5-inch vinyl figures that they do. And this thing is epic. You've got to check it out. If you have not seen it yet, we've got it posted up on our site. Go check it out. And if you see one in the stores in August... 
uh, just know that I need you to help hook me up because I'm going to need one. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, um, that is our show this week. Again, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Give us a call. I think I just said give us a call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, I just hit the wall. Uh, check us out, patreon.com slash StolenDroids. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.